The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. Roderick O'Gorman is the Minister for Children, Equality, Disability, Integration and Youth and he's with me in studio. Minister, thanks for uh, dropping in. So we, we had figures today, I think 55 um, asylum seekers in this country over the last number of days uh, being told there is no room at the inn, find your own accommodation. How long is that likely to continue? Is that number going to rise tonight, for example? I think it's likely that it will rise. Um as you know, right now we're, we're accommodating about 19,000 international protection applicants uh, and 54,000 um, displaced persons from Ukraine. So 73,000 people in total. And I suppose just in, in comparison, at the, at the start of 2022, my department was accommodating 8,000 people. So there's been a massive increase over the last year. Uh, and across that period, by and large, we've been able to provide accommodation for everybody. Uh, but there have been a number of periods where it, the particular pressures at a particular time has meant we haven't been able to. And we're in one of those periods right now. We're working across governments and, and across all state agencies to identify a contingency because it, it's not acceptable. Mm. And, and it, it, is, it, is, it is a very serious situation where we can't uh, uh, accommodate people uh, and we're working to bring in place a contingency as soon as we can. And how long do you suspect this is likely to continue? I mean, as you say, we've kind of hit this point before, I think in June and September, was it? I mean, how long is this likely to go on for? Um, As I flagged last week, I I believe this period could last longer uh, and that's why the work we're undertaking in terms of finding that contingency is, uh, is, is particularly important. We have line of sight to uh, bringing on additional accommodation later in, in February, March. But the next number of weeks, um, you know, despite very sustained efforts by officials mm. in my department, it, it, we, we don't have line of sight to enough accommodation to meet what we expect will be the arrivals numbers, particularly on the international protections. Well, what, what are those uh, additional accommodations that are likely to come online later into February and into March? Well, there'll be um, uh, accommodation centres that we're we're engaging with and, and in, in, in the most part they are pri- private providers. Okay. As you know, for both Ukrainian and international protection accommodation we are highly reliant on private pr- providers. Uh, so we are engaging with some at the moment in terms of bringing additional uh, capacity there, there, on. And we have, yeah. been, like even, even since December for example, we've brought in over 4,000 additional beds since December for both Ukraine and international protection accommodation. So we're always looking to source yeah. additional accommodation. There is plenty of vacant accommodation in the country. I'm not talking about uh, vacant housing even. I'm talking about, um, you know, community centres, parish halls, sports halls, other buildings like that. I mean, using them, even on a temporary basis, is surely preferable to here's a food voucher and off you go. Well, we are using uh, parish halls and, uh, you know, converted office buildings, We uh, sports facilities. We are using a lot of different facilities across the country for both international protection and Ukrainian accommodation. Uh, but Not right, a lot as a percentage of the whole. Um, the overwhelming majority of community halls, parish halls and sports centres are not housing asylum seekers mm. as we speak. Well, w- we have over 2,000 Ukrainians in um 
in what we call rest centres, which are stood up by local authorities across the country, which is particularly when we have maybe uh, weeks where we've high numbers of Ukrainians arriving is a really important, I suppose, safety valve, ensuring that we can accommodate everybody. But look, we are, and I say my my officials in my department are engaging with, with other departments, with, with other state agencies, with other governmental bodies in terms of support uh, sourcing some additional accommodation so we can get through this particular period. Can I ask you just to pop on your headphones uh, there for a moment, uh, Minister, because our, our chief reporter spoke uh, to Zachariah today. He arrived into the country last night. Take a little listen to what he had to say. I now stay in Neapol airport. So now I'm, I don't know where am I right now. The place that I is here. So that's really hard for me. What age are you, if you don't mind me asking? I'm 18. So you've arrived, an 18 year old. You've arrived in Ireland from Yemen by yourself. Uh, do yeah, you know where you're going to stay tonight? No, uh, no I especially I come from Yemen. But I, when I uh, come last night in Dublin, I come from Greece. So I don't expect this situation. That's really hard. And do you have any family or friends no, in Ireland? No, no. So that was Zachariah speaking to our reporter Barry White. I mean, that's that that case, and I don't expect it to be across every case of every asylum seeker comes into the country. But I mean, it's cases like that that have led to the Irish Human Rights and Equality Commission today writing to you to express their view. Ireland is currently in clear breach of its international obligations regarding newly arrived applicants for international protection, aren't we? We are. Um, there, there's nothing I can say that can change that uh, other than that we are working to resolve this situation, other than that we are working to source accommodation. Um, you know, it is an extremely serious and as Minister for Integration and as Minister for Equality, um, it doesn't sit well with me, it doesn't sit well with anyone across government that somebody like Zachariah is in that situation. Uh, and we worked extremely hard over the last year to provide, as I say, 19,000 people with accommodation. Um, but that doesn't make it OK when we have a situation like we do now where we have, as I say, 55 individuals as of yesterday where, where we're not able to accommodate. We have accommodated people this week. You know, over 200 people have sought international protection this week. So we've been able to accommodate about 150. But, but you know, we haven't been able to uh, accommodate. And even if we're only not able to accommodate one person, that is a serious situation. Um, again, I don't expect you to be across everyone's case, but Zachariah, he's 18, he says he has no family here and he's come from Greece. Is it not my understanding that his asylum process application should be processed in Greece? Again, I, I don't know the individual... Well, in, in, that, in, in a situation that like that... In, in, in a situation like that, there may be a situation where the, the case will subsequently be transferred on to the, the EU member state where an initial application was made. But it doesn't change our obligation, I suppose, in the short term that he So this famous Dublin Convention or the yeah. Dublin regulations, even if that determines that actually Greece is where that application should be made, we are still compelled by international law to do more for Zachariah than we currently are doing. Yes, yeah. So that's going to continue, as you say, until more accommodation comes online. Again, I go back to the point that we've got 55 people this week. I mean, how is it beyond the wit of man to find accommodation for 55 people? 
Well, w- one basketball court with mats on the floor. Now, that is far less than ideal. That, that might even prompt criticism from human rights commissions. But it's better than 18-year-old Zachariah from Yemen being told, just find somewhere near the airport. He didn't even know where he was. And that's why you're absolutely right. We, as a government and, and, and as a state, need to do more in terms of delivering that uh, emergency short-term capacity so we can ensure that nobody is uh, in a situation where they're not being accommodated. And as you know, we've taken the, 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 the details of all those who we haven't been able to accommodate. And once there is additional capacity in the system, we will look to, to, to reaccommodate them, bring them back in to the accommodation mm-hmm. system. Is Are these current problems uh, just a a small flavour of what is to come and this 14,000 bed shortfall that we're expecting, according to your own department, by the end of March into April, certainly by the end of spring? So the shortfall we're talking about right now is in the context of uh, of international protection accommodation. I think the figures and, and there obviously in, in, in terms of um, potential p- p- potential dependent on arrival numbers are, are in response to Ukraine. Um, the spring is going to be a challenging situation in terms of Ukrainian accommodation. Uh, we have seen a, a decrease in arrivals of, of Ukrainians, particularly since, uh, since the new year. Um, and, you know, in engaging with uh, uh, Ukrainians, you know, across the country, mm. some have indicated that you know, once the the worst of winter is over, they may look to to to, to return home. Um, but there's also a you know, there is a possibility. But a four, fourteen thousand. I mean, that's a huge shortfall. Where's that? Where how's that going to be made up? Well, what we're working on right now is in terms of the extension of contracts that we have with existing providers. As you know, we've moved to a, a different model of of, of contract, uh, a, a bed only contract, where where Ukrainians provide, uh, may, I suppose, pr- pr- provide a payment as well. And certainly that that is that has been welcomed by by by, by most Ukrainians. So we're looking to extend contracts. We're also looking. What do you do if the hotels just say no? Well, we are looking to bring other forms of of, uh, of of accommodation forward. So we have the modular housing scheme. We have the refurbished. It's not schemes. going to be modular houses by the end of April. Where the the first set of modular housing will be will be available by by the end of April. But that itself, I'm I'm not suggesting that's the the solution on its own. There's work underway within the Department of Housing right now in terms of refurbished of institutional or perhaps barracks buildings and and, and the like. And there's also the new vacant home scheme that's been run through the local authorities. So we are looking at moving away from our, our our very heavy reliance on on service accommodation on hotels but um we've also you know indicated clearly to the Ukrainian ambassador and indeed Ukrainians considering moving here that there are going to be real pressures um you know under the temporary protection directive Ukrainians have the right to travel here but if they need state provided accommodation and the the majority do not everybody some ukrainians are, are are accommodating themselves but if they need state provided accommodation we're being as i suppose upfront with them that as we can that over the next number of months that's going to be difficult in mm. ireland it, it's difficult in other european countries as well yeah can i ask then finally minister what do you say to people who listening to this conversation and seeing those images uh, on their tv screens and they hear the numbers they do the maths and their calculation their assessment is well Ireland is full. Well, you know, I I, I don't accept that argument. Um, I think we can continue to to support um, support people fleeing conflict. Uh, We are 
undoubtedly experiencing a, a, a short-term lack of accommodation in terms of, on the accommodation side. But I think as a system, as a state, we can continue to fulfil our, 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 our legal obligations and our moral obligations to support Well, continue, continue is, a, is a bit of a, a kind of false advertising. Well, it, it, Restart, it, it, because it, it, we're not fulfilling them at the moment. In a context where Zachariah's sleeping rough. In a context where we are supporting 73,000 people right now, I think it is. I do not in any way underestimate the seriousness of the current situation, but I do think it has to be understood in the context of supporting 73,000 people fleeing war seeing conflict. Minister for Children, Equality, Disability, Integration and Youth, Roderick O'Gorman. Minister, thanks a million for joining me here in studio. The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan. Weekdays from four on News Talk.